Hello, welcome to Local Anesthetic Podcast, the most trusted name in local news. My name is Alex and this is Rob. Good evening. And after a reasonably... I was going to stop that, sorry. Hello. And after a reasonably... And it's not really evening, I mean it's um, 4.30, Rob. Yeah, okay. Afternoon. Good afternoon. And hello. Um, After a reasonably lengthy hiatus... Um, we know there have been some gaps between episodes recently, listeners, and that's mainly just because it's been the summer activities. You know, Rob is getting married. I've been busy with work. I was, I was ill, actually, for a good week and a half, and I'm still coming out the other side of that. So forgive us. But uh, I will make sure, Rob, I edit this, this, this episode quickly and get it up. But we, I yeah. wanna, people have been waiting so long, Rob, for their local anaesthetic fix. Mm. I think we need to get on with the stories as soon as possible, okay. and I've got a lot, quite a lot to cover. Do you have any news from listeners? I do, just a very few things, okay, that I think we do need to cover. Yeah. So, first of all, just to say, um, Shay has been in contact because last episode you, again, want, I think you suggested that, uh, obviously... Um, Hang on, let me try and remember what I said he did. Okay, go I, on. I, I, I said he thought he worked... Oh, no, I can't remember. No, I do I do vaguely remember. He. he... You said he was a dodgy car salesman. No, no I don't think he was a dodgy car salesman. Oh, sorry, I said he worked salesman. in a car dealership. Okay, <laughs> Maybe that's not just every, Not every car dealer is dodgy, Rob. Well, he's come back to us saying, come on, guys. Alex originally theorised that I worked in a shoe shop. So you have already guessed his job. Well, he's moved up to a car... <laughs> car. Yeah, it's still retail, isn't it? One way or the other. But then he said, therefore, all my, my, my emails have been shoe-related stories. And I have to say, I'm sorry, Shay. I hadn't noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> but he has sent us some more. Uh, so I can really apologise. Did he say what he does, though? Uh, he, he hasn't said, no. Shay, oh, why are you being... Why are you... Look, Shay... We won't read it out on the podcast, we promise. Yeah, unless you give us permission to. Oh, don't but say you... that, because I'm just wondering now, maybe he has told us, and I've forgotten it as well. Okay, Shay, have you told us? And if you haven't, why are you keeping it from us? That suggests you're a criminal. So, can you please tell us? Doesn't it, though? Head to go back to a dodgy car salesman. Yeah. Um, also, I, I, I tended to, to, obviously, like to update people on what's going on, so I did put on that I was going on my stag do, which uh, people respond to. Thank you for that. It's always a nice time, uh, interaction there. And also, Face of Strange made something uh, that harks back to a story we covered many, probably quite a few months ago now. And he's mocked up an image, which I've only just clicked who the person in the background is. So, you remember the amazing pube beard man, uh-huh. right? Well, he's mocked up this picture with my face, and also another familiar face in the background. Oh my... F- that... Face is oh, strange. That is genius. For number one, did he put Ernie there? Ernie wasn't there originally, was he? No, he's, that's been superimposed onto the. That's front. brilliant, Alan. That that's Alan Parks, editor of New Shopper, and is that you with the pube beard? Yes. Face is strange. He's a Photoshop uh, genius. He is, without a doubt. If, so, if Photoshop is your uh, is your uh, program of choice, you could be using GIMP, or you could be using Pixelmator, or any other number of programs that are out there. See, I know my stuff, Rob. Well done. Um, I haven't put that on the uh, on the social media yet, but I will do because I oh, think it's again. I think you absolutely have to. A genius creation. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, probably, but I've forgotten. So let's move on. Right, I just got a Croydon Killer update. Croydon Cat Killer update. We need to. First of all, I won't bother to read that story. I can't be bothered. I'm sick of them. 4th of September, Bromley police call in, call in Snarl after dead cat found in West Wickham. Right. So it's another one. But then this, Rob. This. From the Guardian, Rob. Right. National News, Rob. Saturday, the 16th of September, Matta Busby, Northampton cat killings add to concern about the reach of the culprit. Bloody hell. We're now yes. talking outside the M25. 
way outside, Rob. This is becoming serious now. And we've been covering this since the beginning. We're not one of these uh, Johnny-come-latelys, are we, Rob? Not at all, not at all. The discovery of two mismembered, cat, two mismembered cats in a bag on their owner's doorsteps in Northampton. So who kills somebody's cat and sticks it in a bag on their doorstep? Added to concern that an animal killer who has eluded police for almost two years may be operating nationwide. Can I say, I don't believe that police are putting all the resources into this. No. Because either this person is a criminal mastermind... What, what did they call him? The Cat Ripper. Yeah. Yeah, the Cat Ripper. I mean, this is not the same man. I'm sorry, this is not the same man. If, he's it's not copycat gone killings, from Rob. South London. Copycat to, killings? It, it, yeah, exactly. It's a copycat killing. Pardon the pun. Yeah. Northamptonshire police have contacted their colleagues in London, where Met officers are investigating a spate of cat killings in recent months. The latest incident occurred on the 7th of September, when the owners of 15-year-old Topsy found the mutilated animal outside their front door on Brookfield Road in Kingsley. Now, can I just say, that would have to be incredibly distressing, Rob. Yeah, oh, that, If you that, open yeah. the door and found one of your cats dismembered in a bag, I don't think you... I mean, that, that's proper trauma. Yeah. A teenage girl had previously found the cat, Rusty, dumped in plastic bag on her doorstep with its ears, head and limbs cut off. That is, that's horrific. Yeah, this is psychopath territory, obviously. The family's other cat survived being set on a fire a couple, set on fire a couple of days earlier. So, this is one family? Yeah. South Norwood Animal Rescue and Liberty Snull, well, it's been two separate cats. They were oh. saying that, that that family had two cats, one of them they tried yeah, to yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Said the two, for Snull have said the two new killings, in quotes, bore wounds indicative of the UK animal killer. They've changed the name, so it's gone from Cat Ripper to M25 Cat Killer to the UK Animal Killer. And you know, that's because a couple of foxes wound up that's there. That's right, yeah, yeah. And a sparrow, presumably. <laughs> the first description of a suspected serial cat killer was released at the end of last month. Based on, I didn't know this. Based on witness accounts of three recent cat killings in Caterham in Surrey, Snarl said the suspect was a white male in his 40s with dark brown hair and possible acne scarring. Actually, it's funny you should say that. It reminds me, yeah, because we had a story actually sent to us. Now, I, I retweeted this, but I completely forgot about it. Yeah, so they, they, put out, they have now officially put out a description of this individual. But not an EFIT. No, no, oh, not, not at this stage. He was referred to as the Croydon Cat Killer after a spate of killings in South London, bloody, bloody, blah. So as you know, the Met has, has launched Operation Takahi in 2015 to track down the culprit, their least successful operation. He has been approaching cats with food and toys and making kissing noises at a number of locations. <laughs> so, what? How, how do they how, know yeah, that? How does it, yeah. I have no idea. Um, members of the public are asked to contact police and quote Operation Takahi if they encounter the suspects. If you encounter the suspe- a suspect, Rob, walk up to Metropolitan Police, wherever you find them, just go, Operation Takahi, Operation Takahi, and they'll say... What's that? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you say the cat killer. I'll go, mate, we're trying to deal with terrorism here. <laughs> Trouble is, they call it in. Now, you just know there'll be one officer involved and he'll be on annual leave. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You're probably right there, Rob. Okay. Um, do you want to hear another, another animal-related story? Of course well, it's involved the RSPCA. It's from the do. Mail Online. My dad, who does regularly submit stories, this is from, uh, from him. Um, it's by... Ian Burns for Mail Online, 14th of September. And the headline, the headline is, Rob, it was around seven inches long and about two inches wide. RSPCA officers called in to rescue a terrifying lizard from under teenage girl's bed, but were stunned to find it was actually a dirty sock. <laughs> Hang on, there's, there's a bit of escalation here. First of all, I can't who confuses a sock for a lizard? Well, I'll tell you. Idiots, that's who. RSPCA officers called in to rescue a terrified family from a dangerous lizard hiding under a teenage girl's bed 
not a euphemism. We're left this, giggling. this is why, by the way, the RSPC don't, don't respond to calls anymore. Yeah. We're left, just take the piss. We're left giggling when they discovered the creature was, in fact, a dirty sock. When animal collection officers arrived at the home in Coventry last Friday evening, so it was Coventry, Rob, yeah. they were left baffled to find the intruder was, in fact, in fact, a pink stripy sock. Where's Coventry, Rob? Coventry is the West Midlands. It's near Birmingham. I was going to say. Yes, yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Can I just say, by the way, Coventry Cathedral, by the way, is, is a beautiful uh, example of modernist architecture. RSPCA officer Vic Herr said she first approached the supposed, lizard, the supposed lizard with caution, not knowing, Rob, whether it was a dangerous breed. But when she shone her torch around the room, she soon found the sock poking up from the edge of the bed and then went to break the news to the mortified family. Vic said it was around seven inches long and about two inches wide. It was protruding from the edge of the bed and it wasn't moving at all. As it wasn't very light, I got out my torch to see better, and that's when I realised it wasn't a lizard at all. It was a pink, stripy sock. I advised the young girl whose bedroom it was to tidy her room and to take care of her socks, but not before reminding her that another one will turn up soon, as they are usually in pairs. Good sense of humour, the RSPCA. Yeah. If you've... Rob, if you own pink, stripy socks, which I, I would imagine is quite an unusual thing to own, yeah. and you see a pink, stripy lizard under your bed, yeah. don't you make the connection quite quickly? Well, yeah, absolutely. I think you're absolutely right. And also, let's face it, the West Midlands, the West Midlands isn't really known for its dangerous creatures. Um, not like Australia, for instance. So you would think that maybe you should do maybe a bit more investigation before you call out the, the RSPCA. An RSPCA spokeswoman said it was definitely one of our more unusual call-outs. The family called us in a bit of a panic. They were terrified a lizard had got into their house. It was obviously dark in the room, and I think fear just set in. But they said it had been there for about a week and hadn't moved in that time. Analyse, Rob. (laughs) So this family cowered in their home for a week before they called the RSPCA thinking there was a lizard under the bed. This strangely, I don't know why I've made this And when it didn't move, they didn't think maybe this is an inanimate object. Yeah, they just thought it was deadly still. Yeah, at least poke it with a stick. This reminds me of the... Do you remember the couple that were um, asked to do these ridiculous... Um, like they, they were they ridden around by horses. I can't remember what a store it was. I think it was a pound stretch or something mm. like that. Oh, God, yeah. It kind of reminds me of this couple. It's the kind of... The, the, you know, the, it's the realisation that at some stage you just think, this needs to stop or I need to do something about this situation. And they don't. No. Um, Wei Hei says, and these people actually breed, they have collectively lowered the average IQ of the country. Um, Bunny Rabbit says, lizards are scary. Once I was sleeping in my bed... And just beside the wall, you know, this fat lizard managed to crawl onto my pillow and started making that clicking sound right behind my, beside my left ear. It definitely worked better than an alarm. I think I need therapy now. I don't think that was a lizard love. No. Um, LMA, LMS Stevenson says, if this is how this little snowflake deals with a dirty sock, I should love to have seen her face, as if happened to a friend of mine. She went into her bedroom to find out what was making a rustling noise there and found a three-foot-long bright green iguana. Fortunately, my friend was older and more sensible and managed to evict the iguana gently into the garden, garden where it wandered off on its own. That person is from Trinidad and Tobago, to be fair. Right, okay. <laughs> okay. And uh, live in LA simply says, looks like a filthy dildo. <laughs> Which is... Uh, a, str- a strange comment to end it with. Uh, right, Rob, last story, the short one. But it's... Uh, I don't feature these often. In fact, I don't know if I've ever featured them at all. They're normally not interesting enough to feature. But this is a... Uh, Daily Echo always have a letter to the editor. Okay. They feature a letter that they've picked out to the editor. And uh, this letter to their editor, um, does it say who it's from? Robert Wilson. Right. Uh, is uh, simply letter to the editor. Uh, simply the headline is, Stop putting dog poo bags in the trees. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I remember that, yeah. I was recently walking with a dog through a beautiful isolated Dorset wood. 
I don't know if that was a new forest. <laughs> when I noticed that the wood had 20 to 30 dog poo bags hanging from the trees, Rob. I've noticed that there appear to be dog owners who think that simply by putting the poo in a bag, it then allows them to discard it anywhere they wish. I noticed poo bags left behind paths, seats, in trees and on pavements, Rob. What is going through the minds of these people? In fact, it's far worse to bag it and carelessly discard it than for dog waste to rapidly decay naturally within flower beds or woodland. Discarded poo bags in the countryside also kill horses and deer. Sometimes I end my walk carrying perhaps five bags of carelessly discarded poo. Why is he picking them up? Rob, this man's a moral crusader fighting for the country men to get home to the wife. She's oh, not like he's like, I've got, look, ten bags tonight. <laughs> All right, Dave, just put it with the rest, yeah? Do you know who's been into the house? Incredibly, Rob, some of the dog poo bags sold by major retailers are not even biodegradable. Fucking and some really. sold as biodegradable do not really degrade. You know why? Because he watches them, Rob. Can I just ask about How long would it take to watch a bag to see if it degrades or not? Oh, good point. Yeah, that's a very good point. This seems to be a problem that's isolated purely in Dorset. Because, I mean, I've got Epping Forest just around the corner for me. I, Rob, I've been walking around all the new forest over the summer. I didn't see any dog poo hanging So where is this bag going? I don't know. Not, sorry, where's this man gone? I'm not, I'm not saying he is the bag. As a test, he says, I placed a number of these bags in my own compost bin two years ago. I've just examined them. Longitudinal study, Rob. They are surrounded by beautiful compost, but the bags are good as you knew, showing no decay. Yet these bags, Rob, were sold as biodegradable. Well, he's tested it. He's left dog shit in his compost bin in a bag, Rob, for two years. That This man's committed. Anyway, he says... This man's a lunatic. Dog owners, please only use bags marked as rapidly compost, compostable. And also, we should educate all people we see discarding dog poo bags in the wrong places. Do you know what? I just imagine this is a man who's keeping like a, a, a video, uh, not a video recording, maybe just a recording of the progress of the dog poo bag. So he goes out every day. He's got his little diary and his little dictaphone. Goes out to, <laughs> goes out to the compost heap. Day 435, there's uh, no visible signs of a, of a, the, well, of the biodegradable element of the bag. Um, I'll come back tomorrow, but uh, at this stage, it's not looking good. Yeah. He's I a think... loser. He's a loser, Alex. <laughs> so. He should hang out with, uh, what's his name? UFO Spotter. Oh, yes. God, it's been so long I've forgotten his name. No, Robert. No. No. No, oh. John. Mooner. John Mooner. Hey, John Mooner. If you're out there listening, we're not aliens. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, Rob, you've got a story for us there. You've got three stories. Before we get onto that, um, I, start, I sent you a story during the week. We don't often do this, but... Did you? I did. You, did, you responded to it as well, but we decided not to feature on the podcast because it's a bit risque. But the headline is so bizarre. Oh, I, th- I have a vague memory. I thought it was yeah. like a brass eye headline. Exactly. Actually, I can't wait to hear it again because I've forgotten it. It'll be as funny again. Now, I, I think to remember it's something to do with children, but go on. Yeah, exactly that. So basically, I posted it on our, on our social media and so far it's been seen by over 2,000 people. Uh, <laughs> so people liked it then? Yeah, it's from the Daily Mirror. Can I just say on that, just a quick update? Yeah. Nobody really watches our YouTube videos that I put up ages ago, but I would like to tell people that we've had 4,000 views on the Richard Maidley... Oh, it's gone up? Well, 3.9k, I'm rounding up. Oh, right, fucking hell. 4,000 okay. views. No, no, I think it was 3.5 when I, I last saw it, so that's Oh, good. right, okay. Well, I don't know, I'm just saying. Oh, okay. Well, whatever it is, nearly... three. Whatever, Rob, you just ruined it. Anyway, just tell me a bloody headline. So this is from the Daily Mail. Uh, and again, I'm just going to do the, the, uh, the headline. You can find the story on our Facebook page if you go and look for it. Headline... Sick paedophiles are pretending to be chicken nuggets online for kids. Oh, to law kids, sorry. We need to explain, so, so just to... Uh, that, can, I just the, do that? can I do that again? Yeah, yeah right? you go. 
Sick paedophiles are pretending to be chicken nuggets online to lure kids. <laughs> now, that is... When I, I looked up the story, and it also said that paedophiles were posing as roads as well. Yeah, oh, that's now, I don't know quite how this works. I assume that they create a social media profile claiming to be an ice cream company or claiming to be a road name yeah. to lure kids in. But it, it is just ridiculous. But surely, even... How do you pretend to be a chicken nugget online? How do you pretend to be an inanimate object in order to lure kids in? Because... Uh, I'm, fr- I'm Freddy the Chicken Nugget. I'm be- Freddy the Chicken Nugget! I'm not... Yeah, okay. Right, yeah, leave it there. I'm Freddy the Chicken Nugget! That's getting even more terrifying. But, you know, they would have had to become sentient at some stage. So the story's on the Facebook page, so if you want to read it, go and check it out. Yeah, do go and look at it, everybody, because it is well worth a read, but obviously we're not going to cover it now, just in detail due to issues of taste and decency. Right, so I've got three stories. I'm going to ask you to choose in which order. No, you've never done this. I've done this to you before. Yeah, that's what I thought. So you're going to do one, two, and three? Yeah. Two. Okay. So, oh, I think we were going to tell me the headlines first. I was going to tell you the no, headlines. No, no, I want to do it randomly. Okay. Blind. So, two. I'm going with two. So, this is from the Essex Live. The ten bizarre laws that you probably didn't know existed and may have broken. Oh, fuck. So, this is from uh, Claire Yule, and it's from the 9th of September. I think I've broken five of them, but let's see. Now, do you want me to go to the story? So, I just go straight into... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, there, there is a top ten, obviously. No, I think I've broken... No, okay, I think I've broken four of them. Okay, well, so let's start with number one. So... Now, let me give some context. So, what's this in relation to? Is it any particular part of the country? No, these are just British. These are just British laws. Obviously, a piece of legislation that have been um, left to exist, and they're, they're woefully out of date. So, number one, standing on windowsills. Hang on, have I ever stood? Yeah, I've stood on a windowsill. Well, they've only broken the law. It's illegal to ask or allow a servant to stand on a windowsill to paint it or clean it. Right. Okay. All oh, right. Well, yeah, okay. Number two, knocking on people's doors. Anyone's. Yep. Uh, known as knock down ginger in the old days, knocking at someone's door and running away before they, they answer is seen as a fun game to many kids. But under a law from 1839, it's actually an offence to willing to willfully and wantonly disturb any inhabitant by pulling or ringing any doorbell or knocking on the door without lawful excuse. Well, I definitely did that as a kid, so I'm now up to two. Okay. The th- number three. The plague. Huh? The plague was a crime. The, the plague is illegal. Right. Is illegal for someone How to know only ride in a bus or taxi if they know they have the plague. Okay, I don't. I have not done that. Right. Okay. Number four, entering Parliament. Right. Is illegal to walk into the House of Parliament wearing a suit of armour, and it has been since thirteen thirteen. <laughs> well, I haven't done that. Okay. Number five, you may have done this. Nuclear explosions. Huh? Is illegal on the Prohibition Inspections Act of nineteen ninety eight to cause a nuclear explosion, as if we needed telling. I've not done that. Now, it's going to take a slight uh, tangent here. Number six, handling salmon. Right. I have eaten salmon in the past. Have you ever probably. handled salmon? I've gone. I have, yeah. Did you know it's legal to, hand, <laughs> to handle salmon in suspicious circumstances? <laughs> what does that mean? doesn't say. Uh, but they said, we assume that it's relating to the stolen or poaching... Uh, we assume that it's relating to selling stolen or poaching fish, but the wording of the Salmon Act of... Do you want to guess what year? 1856. Surprisingly more recent than that. The mm. Salmon Act. 2004. Uh, 1986. <laughs> so it, what, it, what it means is if you're caught like, 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 like illegally fishing salmon or whatever, not if you happen to be caught holding a salmon while you're having an affair with your wife. Yeah, or you know, you found the forest. No, I'm not. Ca- I have handled salmon in full because I worked on a fish and meat counter in Waitrose in my youth. But uh, I did not, there were no official circumstances involved, so I'm so far up to two that I've broken. Okay. Number seven, fixing Easter Day. Hey. 
This is a piece of legislation that says Easter Day must be uh, must be a fixed day each year on the first Sunday after the second Saturday in April. So apparently, if uh, if you fix it on any other day, it's illegal. Right. Uh, number eight, shaking mats. Right. So it's forbidden to shake or beat a rug or carpet in the streets of London. However, you may shake your doormat in the road, but only after eight a.m. So I've broken that law. Okay. So I'm now up to three. I predicted I'd have four. Okay. We've only got two left, haven't we? I think you might be close on this one, to be honest. Number nine. Unlawful pigsties. Right. Uh, it's legal to keep a pigsty in front of your house and let it, unless it is duly hidden, so says the Town Police Causes Act, 1847. I've not done that. Okay. Number ten, the last one. Washing lines. Right. Do you have a washing line? No, but we did have one when I was a kid, so I may have, I may have vicariously broken the law okay. through my parents. Despite each depiction of the Victorian slums in the movies, it's illegal to erect a washing line across the street. Okay, so I, I only broke three of those. How right. many did you break? Uh, I have to say, I don't think I've actually broken any of these. Oh, but clean cut. I, I, but I used to be a police officer, so that makes sense. Clean cut, Rob. Although I may have a plague. Right, number one or number three? One. One, okay. So this is from the Stride Newton Journal. It's by Eddie uh, Biscanell from the 6th of September. Air ambulance called to Morton Valance after reports that man severed his penis was sore in industrial accident. What? <laughs> Sorry? Say that again? Some headlines are just too complicated to process. They're Air ambulance shocking. called to Morton Valance <laughs> after reports that man severed his penis with a saw in industrial accident. What the fuck? Okay. What the fuck? I don't know. It's a new short story, I, by I've the way. There's not legs. a lot of detail. I've crossed my legs, listeners. An air ambulance was called to Morton Valance after reports that a man severed his penis in an industrial accident. Southwest Ambulance Service. Yeah, one of those adverts. You know the personal claim things. Have you lost your penis at work? <laughs> by having it sawn off. Um, after Southwest Ambulance crews arrived at the scene at 3.40pm, so not far off this you time. Yeah, I bet you are just one like, not my cock, not my cock! <laughs> I can't lose it! I need it! But this is a good point, Rob. Would you prefer... Good question. Yeah. Would you prefer... What other limb would you prefer to saw off over your penis? Like, for example, would you prefer to accidentally cut off one of your legs than your penis or one of your arms and your penis? Or would you prefer your penis to go? That's a big question. That's a really good question, isn't it? It's a good question. Because if I feel, if I accidentally chopped off one of my legs, that's me fucked for life, right? I'm going to need a wheelchair, everything, really, yeah. or a prosthetic leg. Same with an arm. But not just that as well. I think affect every daily activity. If... The the dick thing is going to affect two activities, <laughs> or maybe three, depending on what you do with it. Yeah, true. <laughs> but I think if you lost your leg as well, depending how quickly the cells get to you, you could also bleed to death. Right. If you cut your penis off, I'm pretty sure you could apply. So you saying that out of any over any other limb, you prefer to lose uh, your dick. You prefer, you prefer to lose No, I think I would be happy to lose some toes. No, I said a whole penis. arm. Would you lose your whole arm over your penis? No, I don't think I would. You wouldn't, would no. you? I'd lose an ear over my penis. Is that a limb? No. No, no right. Now I'm talking about other body parts. <laughs> oh, I see, right. Would you lose your nose over your penis, Rob? Yeah, I could, I could get I could get with it. You'd prefer not to have a nose than a penis. That's going to be messy. Be not, no, no, no. I'm being, this is a serious question. Yeah, you I'm not going to be serious. Because you'd obviously be very disfigured. Yeah, you would. Which might put the women off. All men, yeah. Whatever's whatever's your bag, um, yeah. That's a good point, actually. What, what about hand? Would you? Oh, we'll finish in a second. Would you prefer to lose your hand or your? Oh, that's a big thing to lose. Depends what hand is. Because if I lose a hand, then the other thing's going to be a, a bit more of a task. Although it does feel differently <laughs> when you use a hand anyway, so it could be a bonus. <laughs> or prosthetic hand. 
But then also you can get a prosthetic penis, as we've already learned. I don't feel like taking this conversation seriously, but that's fine. <laughs> Sorry, was it a serious conversation? I apologise. Well, yeah, because I'm trying to work out after the episode. You can cut my penis off. What you want it to be chopped off? Yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, I think we've established it's your nose. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so a cruiser arrived at the scene at three forty-eight p.m. on Monday and reported finding a man with serious groin injuries. <laughs> it was reported the man in question severed his penis with a saw. How would you do that? Exactly. How do you do that? I don't know. It doesn't say. There's very, very few details on the story. It's quite a short story. There's only about, only about another five sentences. But the only thing I can think of... Well, remember it our can't story. have been a handsaw, can it? I was just going to say, remember our story about the man who had the bionic penis fitted? Yeah. Go to YouTube. You can, you can watch and listen to that there. LAPodcast.net is our channel. Go and look for it. So you could, if you loft it, have, a, have, a, have that prosthetic penis yeah. fitted. But also, I think, up. unless it was a buzzsaw, which if that is the case, I think he probably got float lightly if he only cut his penis off. Yeah. Anyway, he was taken to the Southmead Hospital by the Great Western Ambulance Charity for his injuries to be assessed. Police were called to the scene of the incident by Could the ambulance they not recover? If, if you cut your penis off and you stitched it back on quick enough, would it recover like a yeah, finger? I think so, yeah. As long as I think as long as you put it on ice and they, and they can re- reattach the blood supply because you couldn't re- reattach the blood but supply. Imagine if all his colleagues are chucking it around. Hey, hey, hey Steve, you've got your penis! <laughs> Lobbing it around the workshop. Great mates. <laughs> Get stuck in the vice. Anyway. Um, number if... three, please. <laughs> right, okay. Now, so number three. This is a Richard Mavery story, and he start, spotted this this morning. So this is from the Essex Live. Um, it's from the. By, it's by Vicky Newman. And Absolutely it's from brilliant. yesterday. You're responding to the story I read you last time. Yeah, I thought you wanted this. Charles Bronson. You know who Charles Bronson is? Hang on. Charles Bronson is not Charles Manson. No. Charles Bronson is a UK criminal who's been a very long time in jail. Yeah, he's, been, he's a notorious prisoner. Yeah. yeah. Is suing Richard Madeley over a comment made on ITV's Good Morning Britain. Brilliant. Notorious prisoner Charles Bronson is suing the Essex TV presenters Richard Madeley for defamation. <laughs> on Good Morning Britain last year, it was incorrectly reported that Bronson, who has was, who was changed his name to Charles Salvador, had attacked a prison governor. The hard man, 64, is claiming that Maidley slandered his name, reports the Mirror. It was claimed... Sorry, it came as Mr. Maidley from Romford. Do you know that either? Do you know he's from Romford? I didn't know that either. Was Where's Romford? Essex. Ah. Yeah. Um, was interviewing former Coronation Street star Paula Williamson, who was engaged to Bronson. Again, she must have issues if she's engaged to this guy, but that's never mattered together. What's her name? Um, her name is Paula Williamson. Paula Williamson. Yeah, apparently she was on Coronation Street. I don't recognise her face, but then I don't watch Coronation Street. Um, She's Charles Bronson's fiance. Yeah. We've got and a picture. She looks like a fairly normal person. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Why the hell would you? So she came onto the. She came onto Good Morning Britain. We've got a picture of her on Good Morning Britain with Piers Morgan. But not Richard Madeley. I didn't think Richard Madeley ever presented Good Morning Britain. Apparently so, that's what they're saying. Right, okay. okay. Anyway. Maybe he's a maybe he's a guest presenter. He did say that he won't deal be tied down by a contract. <laughs> yeah, so he's, he's, he's got fuck off money, so yeah, he doesn't exactly. need to. <laughs> yeah. He told the 37-year-old he keeps reoffending. We we have his charge sheet. In the last instant, he attacked a prison governor last year. Paula told the host that her fiance hadn't committed an offence since 2003, and at that point, Mr. Madeley looked into the camera and said, Charlie. You're watching now. You're lying. We know it was 2016, mate. It was. It was last year. 
The sixty went on to, uh, went on to tell Paula he's a bad un and he's got a lot of form. He, he said that to him. Yeah, he said he he I, told I, this I to see if I can find this. Yeah. According to the Sun, good morning, British bosses have acknowledged receiving. Okay, can we can we hear notice. this? Yeah, can we please hear this? Well, he keeps reoffending, doesn't he? That's the problem. I mean, he could have been out years ago. He, he could be- have been. behaved himself. I mean, his, I, I was asking the same question this morning. We, we, we've got his charge sheet, as it were. And his, his last incident, he attacked the governor last year in 2016. You're not going to be allowed out of prison if you well, do it, stuff like it that. It wasn't last year that he attacked the governor. That's it was. Not what it was 2016. Told me. I know well, he's told you differently, but it was. Well, he told me different. So I and he's, what he's me. watching now, Charlie, it was, you know it was 2016, mate. It was. It was last year. A lot of people watching. A lot of people watching will be. Um, we'd like to ask questions which, which they want them. They want us to ask. Is, yeah. What are you doing? And what are you playing? At? <laughs> what am I doing? Is I fallen in love with a man? You haven't. I have. <laughs> hard to believe. Why is it so hard to believe? All right then. What attracted you to the the serial criminal Charles Bronson? <laughs> His person. That who he actually is inside. Not put the violent criminal. That, that, he's been a violent criminal, yeah, and he's the first one to hold his hands up to that. And I don't want to kind of this to be a rewash of what I said in the past, no. lots of times. He's he is an artist. He's a, he does a lot for charity. He's a fitness fanatic, and he's a very very loving but you person. Must fancy him. I fancy him, yeah. Brilliant. Can I say I'm really pleased I found that classic <laughs> Alan Partridge. Sorry, Richard Mavey Lyons said that brilliant thing is what do you see? What, what do you know? What do you see in him? And she goes, Oh, I, you know, I'm in love with him. I see, I see the inside of him. He's a violent criminal. <laughs> so I he's dead inside. That. <laughs> that was absolutely. I'm surprised you didn't look it up. That was classic. I do enjoy. Good. Okay, Rob. Um, couple of things to say to you here. One, Rob, right, look, I'm sure everybody knows this who follows the social media sort of stuff that you've been doing, but um, obviously everybody knows that Rob is getting married very soon, all going well, uh, in about a month, just yeah. under a month. Yeah, 25 days. And there were these two stories I just thought would, would just give you pause for thought. Oh, God. <laughs> one is from the news shopper. Well, no, just, you know, um, one is from the news shopper, no journalist listed, but it's from... This is a uh, Rob. You've asked. I, th- I think, as I remember correctly, you've asked attendees to your wedding, including me, to give money that you are going to then embezzle into some kind of fund rather than gifts. I mean, you say embezzle. You're, we're not trying to con you into investing in our wedding. You could be spending this on. Yeah, no. To be fair, it's up to you what you want to spend it on. So, but think about this, Rob, because a newlywed Orpington couple's kind gesture has been has given a boost, Rob, to brain tumor research. A newlywed couple from Orpington raised £1,000 for charity by asking guests to donate cash instead of buying the wedding gift. So they gave their money, rather than on themselves, they gave it to a charity to help people with brain tumours. Um, but it's just a bit of an interesting story. Sue Pettit, 71, they were an older couple, right. of Charthouse Road, and Malcolm Stevenson, 73, of Clerval Road, have known each other since the early 70s. Right. But it wasn't until about four or five years ago after Sue got divorced that Malcolm and Sue's relationship moved on from just being friends. They decided to give the money to a brain tumour research fundraising group. Mr. Pettit said, We are still continuing to live separately, although we also have a house together in Hampshire near my Debbie daughter near my daughter Debbie, son in law John, grandchildren Elizabeth ten, who was our bridesmaid, and James twelve was our best man and ring bearer. So they live separately, which is interesting. So they're happily married then. We enjoy being able to do our own thing, but we love rambling together and going up to London to visit places like museums and historic buildings. So with three houses between us, we decided we definitely didn't need any more toasters. And that's why they've given the money to charity. Um so is that something you consider doing, Rob? Um, 
No. Okay then. Um, I'll be honest, I don't, want, I don't want to try and con people, but uh, no. And this story, once again, Rob, you completely fucked me over, didn't you? Because I did text you and tell you, if you see a story about anything to do with this, and I told you the content matter, do not look at it. Yeah. Because the last time this happened was the story about a goose. And I told you, do not go anywhere near a story, and you went off and read it anyway, and ruined it. And you read this as well. I think, did you say you heard it on another podcast? Yeah, I was listening to uh, Ian Lee's So why podcast didn't you stop it? I didn't realise they didn't mention Tinder until the very last, after they more or less read well, the Well, I think I need to read it for our listeners in case they haven't heard it. And then give you a bit of in- useful, uh, interesting information. This is from the Mail Online, Rob, by Kelly McLaughlin. <laughs> nice pronunciation there. Worst Tinder nightmare ever. Firefighters rescue woman who got stuck in a window frame trying to retrieve her own poo she'd thrown out of it when she blocked the toilet. I still Can love I just say, Daily Mail... It's fucking ridiculous. Because Daily Mail are like the most popular website in the world. They need to find some decent headline writers. Yeah, they really do. Stop looking that up, Rob, and listen to me. Okay. A woman had to be rescued by firefighters after getting stuck in a window while trying to retrieve her own excrement or while at the home of a Tinder date. The self-proclaimed amateur gymnast had been out for a romantic meal at Nando's... That's where you go for a romantic meal. Of course, meal, yeah. ...with student Liam Smythe... Or Smith, don't know how you say that, 24, before they went back to his place in Bristol for a nightcap. To have sex, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> but in a bizarre chain of events unfolded after she went to the toilet and blocked the pan. In panic, she picked up the poo and threw it out the window, but it fell down into a narrow gap between two window panes. Is that like double glazing? I mean, she, that was really unfortunate. That's not two window panes, is it? Because... I think his place must have been really close to the other. I don't know. No, I don't. Does make any sense? What? No, I do. I, maybe it's just one of those old windows where they were like the old two window panes. It could be because I know it's like in older buildings you have like this, like a sash window, and then you have like yeah, a, yeah, 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 yeah. But she had no choice. But she had no choice. But she confessed to Smith, who bravely helped lower her out of the bathroom window into the gap between the houses in an attempt to retrieve it, which is when she got stuck. I'm not sure that's how I'd approach getting that poo out, dangling some woman I've just met out of a window. <laughs> Why didn't he do it? Yeah, that's never a question you never thought you'd have to ask, is it? Yeah, that's a very good point. After getting wedged upside down in the gap, is this... Oh, that's still to do with the poo. I thought that was something else. <laughs> she had to be rescued by firefighters who were called to Smith's house in Bristol. He has now launched a GoFundMe page to replace the broken window. Who's going to donate to that? Which has raised 300 quid in the first three hours. Of course it has. Anyway... He, he seems to revel in that it's such a hilarious story and I don't want to go into it because I kind of th- I do feel this was reported by him in order to get some attention. And probably um, to go and promote his GoFund page for his new window. GoFundMe page, yeah, absolutely. I'm just thinking if there's anything interesting comments. Not really, but uh, what I was going to say, Rob, here's an interesting piece of information mm. which you will not believe. My f- parents currently have two friends of theirs, a couple from America staying with them. These are long-standing family friends from when I was a kid. My, pe- my parents go and visit them every year, every two years. They're called Chris and Dave. Mm. Dave is original, w- w- went to school in this country. He was American, but he went to school in this country and then went back to America. And they've come over to visit. His mother still lives in America. His nephew was the guy who wrote this story really? for the Bristol News, the Bristol local news. His nephew was the journalist who broke this story, Rob. How's that for a fucking connection? Do you know, I can't argue with that. I mean, that's... Um... Yeah, that's... Uh... I should also tell Something. you, my parents appeared... Oh, this couple. ...in the Christchurch Times local paper. Did they? Both their photos. They were asked for their views about some various thing. Crap, you know, first world, first world problem. No, not that. First world problem going on in Dorset. And they were pictured. Let's see if I can find the picture. And I want you to tell me if you notice anything strange about the... Right, uh, okay, fair enough. ...about the picture. Let's see. 
Yep, here we go. So, have you ever, yeah. Here we go. Yeah. I love the mug shots here. This is very strange. I've never met your parents. It's, no. It's quite unique. You know what they look like, right? No. Oh, so you've got to guess. Oh, you've got to guess which are my parents, and this is even well, better. It has the names there. Ah, yeah. Yeah. So, does my dad not stand at like a sore thumb there? This is a basic picture of nine white people, only one of them does not look white and looks rather... Because my dad, there's something going on in that genealogy there. He does look slightly Mediterranean, I must admit. Absolutely. Do you see why he always gets stops at airports? <laughs> yeah, okay. Why are the three middle ones all wearing sunglasses? Good well, question. four. There's four of them. There's one in yeah, the bottom. Yeah. Surely, if you just have your picture taken, you just think, do you mind just taking a picture of your photograph? I know. So there Without you go, Rob, infamy. And my dad wrote a letter which got featured in the local paper as well wow. about this issue, which he feels strongly about, which I can't really remember what it was about because it really wasn't that significant compared to larger problems that go on in the world. Lovely stuff. Okay, Rob. I believe, I haven't checked it out with you, but it's time for our listener story of the week. Correct. And, uh, I miss the sounds we used to play. Any sounds we could do this week? Come on, let's bring back that feature. I don't think there is. There's no. Because no well, I have to tell people, because I was ill, I have not taken, I have not got the chat mag headlines to you this week, and I can already hear the groans, and I'm sorry. They will be back next week, Rob. Any, any, maybe call- so let me bring up some sounds. Okay. Um, What's the story? Maybe courtroom sounds. I think we had that once before, but we'll do it again. Try because that's the only thing I can think you could associate with the stories. Be honest. Well, sometimes we had sometimes we had sounds relating to previous stories okay. in the podcast. Oh yeah, that's true. Okay, what have um, we covered this week? Oh god, what did I just cover? So I covered you covered um, newlywed the, the poo, retrieving the poo and getting stuck in the window. Poo sound. We did have poo sound effects once. We had yeah, flushing was, ones, didn't we? Do you remember? I think my favourite one. So was the. Do you remember we have that really dodgy Victorian um, sort of street scene? <laughs> Oh, I love that. that. And you could hear officer. the poo. Yeah, it was, that, it was that, awful. That was brilliant. Okay, I think I've got. Uh, this will do. Here we go. There we go. So, Rob, we're... Uh, What's this? Courtroom. It sounds like people are having sex. <laughs> okay, what about this one? <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, that's nice. Again, it's a bit loud, as it always was. That's fair. Lovely. So, as good as his word... Shh! It's caught. I'm not going to try and hush. Yeah, but I'm the judge in this situation. It's for me to read out facts. Objection! Overawed. Great. So, as good as... Shh! Are you going to do this all the way through? No, no, no. Right, good. (laughs) Because you're already getting irritated. (laughs) So, as good as his word, Jack has sent us a story. This is... Let's just turn this off. It's just distracting. Yeah, okay, that's fair enough. Um, we'll come outside the courtroom. So yeah. <laughs> Jack, he's not in the Asian sex anymore, is he? Where is he now? He's in... Well, he, he's still... Um, he's always on his Mediterranean tour. However, this story is from Ben. Right, not Jack. Right, okay. No. Sorry, Jack. Yeah. Ben, who moved to Yorkshire. That's right, yeah. So, as good as his word, he sent us a story from the Halifax Courier. Um, it's from the uh, 30th of June. Um, strange there's no journalist listed but uh, headline Halifax man found under bed by police appears in court right 
Uh, a dozy defendant due before... Uh, what? A dozy ju- defendant. Oh, right. okay. uh, due before a judge for burglary was photographed by Halifax police <laughs> unsuccessfully hiding her bed at his home with both legs sticking out. I thought he'd fallen asleep. Didn't we have a story once about a burglar who, who was found just asleep? Wasn't that a man who... Yeah, who'd just did, gone upstairs just had a rest? Yeah, and then they found him asleep. Yeah. He was obviously knackered from all the burglary. So this guy tried to hide under the bed and left his feet exposed. Yeah. Did they think it was a lizard? <laughs> um, no, because unfortunately it's quite clear what Hang it is. Hang on a minute. A lot like that sock. Hang on a minute. What? Connection in my mind, Rob. Just happened. The woman who found what she thought, what she believed was a lizard, the daughter under her bed. Yeah. Maybe that was the guy's severed penis. The guy in your story chopped it off. Right. But... We've already established that it wasn't. It was a sock. The RSPCA said it was a dirty sock. Are you, you doubting the credentials of the RSPCA? Yes. I mean, they're quite incompetent, but I'm sure they can they can make a distinction between a sock, an animal, and a severed penis. I'm not so sure, Rob. No, you're right. <laughs> Could well be the case. <laughs> they haven't uh, managed to track down the court and cat killer, have they? No, but to be fair, that's not really them looking for it. It's, it's Snarl and they apparently the police. Yeah. <laughs> Although that that's still allegedly... Uh, officers who arrested Jan Sivak, 30, posted a picture of him after they found him on social media saying he would not be winning any awards for hide-and-seek champions soon. And officer, I will show you. fuck was that noise? Anyway. I it was upstairs. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, can I just ask you, Rob? Sorry. Do you, are you saying police took a picture of this man hiding under the bed and put it on Twitter? Yeah. That's really... I keep talking to you about this. This is... What the police are doing here is out of order. It's, it's this humiliation but of people. But what I understand is... Isn't they it illegal to do Before this. they arrested him, because when they've got there, they've quite clearly seen... I'll show you the picture. I can't wait to see it, I'll be honest. But I just think that the police ridiculing suspects. Because has this guy hasn't gone to court yet? I mean, this is a criminal act. Has he gone to court? Uh, I think if he hasn't gone to court, they're, they're, what is it called? Your... Yeah, he has been to court. Okay, because otherwise you'd be compromising the trial. Yeah. Uh, Sivak was once uh, was wanted for failing to surrender uh, to bail at the Bradford Magistrate Courts, West Yorkshire, on Tuesday, the twenty seventh of June, to answer a charge of burgling a fish and chip shop. <laughs> Sorry, burgling a f- what? What you get there? Give me all your fish. Yeah, basically. Yeah. No, no, but give me your pies. <laughs> burglary is normally I'm something that's done. Burglary, and a fish cake. <laughs> no, that would be holding something up. Burglary is normally something that's done covertly. So, what was the cook just out the back or the? And he went round, of, or, or did he actually burgle the premises of the fish and chip shop, like out back, you know? Well, he must have gone out back, because he's accused of stealing f- uh, £4,500 in cash. So I can't imagine that, that would have been the till. Fucking hell. Unless it really does a good trade. Uh, and other goods from the upstairs offices of the takeaway before, uh, between June the 3rd and 4th. Mr. Silvac appeared in the dock at Bradford Crown Court with, in brackets, a goatee. Can I just ask, the, uh, the fish and chip shop wasn't called Something Fishy, was it? No. Would you oh, not? That would have been appropriate. Why is, is goatee is in quotation marks? I'm not sure, Rob. Uh, with well, a, why is it important that he had a goatee? Goatee beard, uh, dressed in a black t-shirt and green trousers. Right. It's good to know. That sounds like a prison uniform, the green trousers. It does. Maybe he's getting ready. Ironically, in the picture, he also has a pair of green trousers on. So maybe he wore the same pictures in order to identify himself. Maybe that's the only trousers he owns, Rob. Hence maybe. why he's burgle, burgling. Burgling? Burg- burgling. Is it? Yeah. You know how sometimes when you haven't heard the word to in burgle while and you say it. Now, you know when you say a, a word, sometimes you say a word even and it just doesn't, it doesn't sound, sound right. right. Yeah, yeah. But you can't burgling. You can't burg- we've got people he burgled the fish and chip shop. Yeah, he burgled, but he was caught burgling the fish and chip shop. He was he caught burgled. Burglarizing. Burgling. Burgling. That's not a word. Burgling. Burgling don't sound burgling. right. Burgling sounds like a well, disgusting. Well, you're debating burgling. Let I just finish this off. Um, 
He pleaded not guilty to the burglary of a non-dwelling, but admitted failing to surrender and was jailed for 14 days. He was remanded in custody until July 28th for trial at Bradford and Crown Court. Burgling is a word. Yeah, I told you it was, yeah. Um, Golfraz Khan, defending, said Mr. K- uh, Mr. Sivak had tried to get to court on the day of his appearance, but was unsuccessful. Bradford is some distance Why? from Halifax, Why? so there's no possible way he can work. Uh, he tried every possible altern- uh, avenue to obtain some money for travel. So how did he get there in the end anyway? Eventually, then? he didn't. That's what said. that's what he's saying. So he failed to turn up to court, which is why then a warrant was put out of his arrest. Oh. So he couldn't afford to get to the court. Now, I promise you this. Would you like to see it? Yeah. Okay. The, this is a picture of him hiding under the bed. Yeah, let me see. Cowering. That. So uh, there we go. <laughs> what I love is I'm just going to scroll up. Oh can. God, please, please. This so is, he, if are you I, putting this on social media? Yeah, we'll do it. He's actually cut the side of his taban bed so he can actually smuggle his way in. Sorry, I thought this is the house he was burgling. No, 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 this is his home. He was caught at home. This isn't a fish and chip shop. He tried to rob a fish and chip shop, and this is where he was why, the police. Why is he... So he cut that in anticipation of the police coming and didn't check... I think the police were maybe going to raid his property and thought he, he thought this is the best way to do it. Um, um, I need to explain to listen. This man is obviously not well, Rob. Nice carpet as no, well. No, no, Rob, just stop. I need to explain to people. This isn't hidden in any way, shape or form. This is a bed, right, which he has slid himself into... Through the duvet, like you said. Yeah. And it's not just, I thought it was his feet sticking out. It is his legs from the upper, upper thigh downwards. It is basically the entirety of his legs and bare feet sticking out from the bottom of the bed with, for some reason, a, a juice carton next to him. I mean, I don't think the juice carton is relevant to this situation. Unless I think was... that's his emergency supplies. Do you think? Just Rob, he has put himself in there widthways. Why didn't he get into that space and lie lengthways so he couldn't be detected? Alex, I think this was a man who obviously was caught on the hop. He was enjoying his, his juice drink and suddenly the police came battering around the door. He thought, shit, I need to get into the bed. Uh, I mean, this is one step away and literally just getting under the covers and pretending you're not there. Yeah. But, you know, at least there's, there's some more thought gone into this. He's tried to get into the bed and it just hasn't worked. I mean, he did try and burgle a fish and chip shop. This obviously is the most intelligent man in the world. <laughs> what a brilliant story. Thank you, Ben. That is a classic. Can you please stick that one? Obviously, oh, I know you will. Well, I guess, Rob, that brings us to the end of this week's episode, doesn't it? Um, as we look ever more forward with a mixture of... What is it I say? A mixture eager of... Antip- no. Eager anticipation. Yeah, trepidation no. to our next episode, Rob, which will be episode two, one, two. three. No, oh my... Somebody wasn't even close. Two, two, two. Two, two, two. Yeah. Two, two, two. I don't know. What? I'm <laughs> waning, Rob. I'm not well. I'm still not well, listeners. We will be back in a week, by the way. It won't be a long hiatus again, I promise, unless anything untoward happens, obviously. Um, as we move ever more forward, Rob, like like a man who's getting his police barge down in a police raid and decides to hide under his bed um, in a way that only covers his torso and yep. leaves his legs remaining for ridicule by police and take pictures of and put on Twitter and all point around and laugh. Just like that, we move ever more forward to our next episode, which will be episode two, two, two. Um, Again, why, why the owl sounds? I think it's because it reminding me of that advert that used to they jingle that when they used to read that. Do you remember it was that? I think it was an insurance company had an owl as a logo, and they somehow put made the telephone number sound like two two eight two o two eight two o two eight two o two eight two o. So that's where I got it from. Two two two. If anybody remembers that advert, write in and let us know. I think it's delirious. <laughs> um, if you want to send us a story. 
we can be found on a website, which is lapodcast.net. Um, but, the, you know, the, the best way to, to email us is to email us, lapodcast.net at gmail.com, or tweet us at lapodcast.net, or post it on Facebook, and check out all those social media outlets for your daily, I think you do stuff, Rob, don't you? Uh, to, yeah. fix. Local, uh, LAPodcast.net is where you can download all of the episodes. Of course, you can do it on your iDevice via the podcast app. Search for local news, Alex and Rob. Actually, I haven't checked out for a while whether that still works or just LA Podcast. Um, and please, if you haven't already, what am I going to say, Rob? Leave us a review or subscribe on iTunes. Or subscribe on iTunes. Both of those really help us. And of course, on our website, LAPodcast.net, there is a donate button in the top right hand corner. If you feel like donating to the worthy cause, there is this. Podcast, not going into Rob's Willing Fund, it does go to fund uh, this podcast. So, Rob, that's it. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll be back in a week's time. God bless. And keep it local.